You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 61 of the College Loop Podcast, and the miraculous return of one Daniel J. Locke. How are you doing, buddy? Man, I survived finals. I survived any random BS I've had to do this last week, and I'm back. Yeah. And new uh, subscribers of the show, uh, you could also you probably haven't seen much of Daniel because it's been since episode 50 since you've seen him. But of course, we are an academic first podcast. So as long as you made it through finals week, that's all we can uh, be happy for. But also, I can be happy because my Canes are in their conference championship. So let's go. Beat Enjoy it. Emily El- beat Emily Ellis's uh, New Jersey Devils to do that too. So, <laughs> But we have a very uh, great question to ask. How can Robbie Ashford benefit this or help Auburn's offense from the bench? Of course, Peyton Thorne is now the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. We all pretty much agree that that's going to happen. But Robbie Ashford sits in the background. He said iron sharpens iron, or he said let's work iron sharpens Auburn, uh, iron war eagle. I think that was the direct quote or direct tweet. And I see a lot of people talk about how he could move to wide receiver and I don't know how I feel about him moving to wide receiver, but I think with, I'll get your thoughts on it in a second, but I, I, I think with Auburn and Hugh Freeze running run RPO, we could see a lot more of Robbie Ashford. We probably aren't done seeing Robbie Ashford this season. So what do you think? Yeah. Um, the obvious answer is help the defense prepare when they're going to be facing a mobile quarterback um, the following week. Um, the receiver thing for me, that's kind of like a I'll believe it when I see it kind of deal. I just I don't really see that happening. I'm not saying it couldn't. Like that most definitely could happen. But I feel like we will still see a little bit of Robbie on the field this year, like certain packages and stuff like that. So I don't feel like he'll be completely out of the picture at all. And then just kind of like I said jokingly before we started the show, just vibes, you know, like, Everyone on the team seems to like Robbie. He's an important guy in the locker room. So I feel like just, you know, having him there still be a leader is going to go a long way. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking whenever I read these comments, and I was like, uh, Auburn quarterback turned receiver. And my first instinct was John Franklin III. And if I – I would never want to compare Robbie Ashford to John Franklin III. I don't think anybody ever wants to be compared to John Franklin III. I almost feel offended the fact that he has a Super Bowl ring. Uh, just because he can run a four two forty, and just made the practice squad on the on the Buccaneers, but yeah, I mean, we saw it in the past with Joey Gatewood in the season where Bo Nix was the his first year at Auburn. Joey Gatewood still got on the field uh, for certain packages. Mm-hmm. That's under a Gus Malzahn offense, and you would see Joey Gatewood. He wouldn't come into pass because uh, that that was like I think everyone agreed that was what Joey Gatewood couldn't do well, and that's what Robbie Ashford needs to improve on if he ever wants to play quarterback again in the FBS. But I think like with RPOs, we saw how well he was able to run those in a day uh, for what it's worth. It was rainy, uh, but Robbie Ashford has 
that elusiveness that you want out of a dual threat quarterback. And if you can get an RPO, if you get like uh, you could fool one of these uh, big time SEC teams that Auburn is going to hope they can beat this season in Georgia, LSU, and Alabama. They haven't seen some of Robbie Ashford's best stuff. Bama probably has because I think the Bama game is probably Robbie Ashford's best game all around. But if you can take Peyton Thorne out of the game, throw in Robbie Ashford, I mean, they're going to first instinct is he's going to run the ball. But Robbie Ashford has had times where he's been very good at passing. And if you can get an RPO going, I think Robbie Ashford's going to probably be more of a guy we're going to see do that rather than Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne can run the ball. It, it's It's not like... I compared to Jarrett Stidham, like he doesn't want to run, but he can if he needs to. But I think if you get an RPO, uh, Robbie Asher could run that. I don't to perfection. Do I want to say to, to perfection or no? I would hold off on to perfection for now, just until we've seen it. Uh, yeah. Maybe let's see how it goes against UMass on week one, and then we can talk. Yeah, and of course Auburn's still working on beefing up that wide receiver room. Uh, yes. where I think Jair Shorter and Montana Lamonius Craig are the two guys that we've been hearing a lot about. Keon Coleman has, of course, kind of backed off, uh, at least from like from what I hear from Twitter. Uh, I think he's more of going to be a Florida State lock at this point. But Jair Shorter, the touchdown machine from North Texas, and, of course, Montana Lamonius Craig from Colorado are still uh, very likely to come to the Tigers. And speaking of North Texas, uh, Auburn has had a linebacker visit the Plains over the past weekend. And it seems it's either between Auburn and Miami, something that we've already heard with a certain basketball transfer that still broke my heart that he went to Miami. It still hurts. But Larry Nixon the third, six foot two, 236-pound linebacker out of North Texas, was second on the team in tackles last season with a sack as well. It seems like he really likes Auburn and – it also shows that <laughs> Hugh Freeze was not a big fan of this linebacker core. And I think that everyone else was thinking it. So uh, I, I don't what, – what does this mean for the Auburn linebacker core? And do you think that this could be a potential starter, at least for this season? Yeah. So um, the second question first, I do think he could be a potential starter. And the first question, I think it means that Hugh Freeze is willing to – take a deep and deep and depth look at areas of his roster that he's not confident in and go out and fix them as opposed to just being loyal to the guys he has. And I like to see coaches be loyal to players to an extent, but if you're not confident in what you've got, like, you know, your team better than anyone. If you know, they probably won't be able to get the job done right away. Excuse me. You've got to go to the portal and you've got to find guys who can. And I believe Larry Nixon, the third from North Texas, is capable of that. Um, he show, His film shows that he could hang with the SEC. So I really think that it would be ideal for Auburn to land this guy. And if that happens, I do think he's starting against UMass on September the 2nd. And it'd be really funny if Auburn, uh, one thing in basketball and football combined, got two players from Florida International. And it'd be really cool if Auburn was to, able to get two players from North Texas as well. And he went, sure. on, he went on his visit this week uh, – or, and he said, right now, it, Auburn is up there right now. Being in Auburn is crazy. You can't beat that stadium, stadium being in the SEC. And, I mean, you can't get it better than that. He he loves what he's seen from Auburn. Uh, and you got to be honest, I, I think with DeMario Tolan just not developing whatsoever in the spring, I mean, he looked like he was lost. 
I think Auburn is actually look out, actively looking out for someone who can start from this defense right away. And just a little blast from the past real quick. Sal Canella out here getting four catches, 71 yards, one touchdown to win the XFL championship. Uh, so go Renegades for one thing. Uh, they were my team since the beginning of the XFL. But four four catches on five targets for Sal Canella, I would have never seen that from him in an Auburn uniform. That is crazy. I know you're a Sal Canella truther, but, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. I mean, especially for a backup wide receiver. He was second on the team in receiving yards on that game. But, yeah. And just to move on, I, I realized I didn't put the thing on football. Well, that sucks. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. But to get into basketball news, uh, G League uh, Elite Camp is still going or just got done going or ha- from happening. It's basically – I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was. Uh, it's a tournament for players who didn't make the first round of the combine list. Uh, so, at first, we didn't see Jay Will, Janai Broom, Tyron Lawrence, potential Auburn pickup from the transfer portal in there. But apparently, Janai Broom decided he was tired of everyone saying he's not going to go to the NBA and won the MVP of the whole thing. Uh, 23 points, four rebounds, shot eight for 11 in field goal attempts. I mean, it's Janai Broom playing at the top of his game, something uh, we kind of saw less of towards the end of the season. I think in the tournament, he kind of turned it up, but in the SC tournament, oh, it was bad. But it shows a lot of improvement, and I can't, I got to be honest, I really hope this is not his calling to be like, you know what, maybe we'll go to the NBA. Because with this Auburn roster right now, he's going to be needed. Yeah, he's going to be needed bad. Um, the five spot is looking less than ideal at this present time. And um, I feel like, yeah, like I can't stress enough how important he is to this team right now. And, yeah, I feel like he still has a lot of developing to do. I'm not saying that he could never make it in the NBA because he has the frame and he has the athleticism. But I just feel like there's still some work to do. And I really hope he decides to come back, play another year in Bruce Pearl's system, and – you know, see if, you know, he can take those skills further. Yeah, and then I'll talk, talk about Tyron Lawrence, the Vanderbilt uh, transfer, who also is in this tournament. Uh, 11 points, five rebounds, and two assists. So the G League Elite Camp, it's 10 spots. And if you don't reach those 10 spots, you'll get invited to the Combine, I believe. So Tyron Lawrence is still still could come to Auburn. And we talked about how important it would be for Janai Broom and Tyron Lawrence really come to the, come back to or to come to Auburn for Tyron Lawrence come back to Auburn for Johnny Broom, because me and Tar talked about it last episode what this roster could look like, and uh, if you look at it from top to bottom, Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, bring back Jay Will, 
and J- John and I uh, broom at the five. And if you can bring in Julian Phillips, if you can bring in Tyron Lawrence, that bench, that starting lineup, I think Tar said it himself. That could be a Final Four team. It could be, and not a team that needs like the the three point to get there, but a team that can actively yeah. just beat up on teams. Because Aiden Holloway, oof. yeah, the prospect of that makes me very excited. Yeah, and I mean, I, I look at that roster. I, I don't think it get much better than that. Uh, I mean, you missed out on Matthew Cleveland. I thought he was uh, pretty close to coming to Auburn. Auburn backed off of him to get Tyron Lawrence. If he comes, of course. And looking at that, I mean, that that could be one of the best rosters Auburn's ever had. I mean, outside of having uh, <laughs> uh, Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith on your team, uh, I think that gets pretty daggone close to having a full rounded, the best team Auburn has ever seen. And that'd it, be really fun to watch. I agree. But to move into Diamond Sports, Auburn just got done sweeping Ole Miss. It did not expect that to happen. I, I thought it was going to be two games at the most. But Auburn just went out and decided to hit 37 runs in two days, really, two days. Uh, taking the first game 16 to four, second game eight to two, and the third game 13 to five. Good pitching all around from the Tigers. Uh, I don't know what happened. They woke up. Something sparked in this team, and I think it was the doubters. Uh, uh, Tar says it best. You can't doubt it. You can't uh, put down a Butch Thompson team. Can't count them out. And yeah, they played with a fire in them this weekend. I mean, I, I don't think I can. I, Nate Larue hit another home run in the first game. Any game where Nate Larue hits a home run, I'm like, what's going on with this Auburn Tiger team? But what what are your thoughts going into baseball right now? Going, I think, to the last week of the regular season. Yeah, going to the last week of the regular season. Well, Auburn now has a above 500 record in SEC play, and that's kind of the benchmark that a lot of people use for like hosting regionals, like for SEC teams, is which ones went above 500 in conference play. Since the SEC is the toughest league by far in baseball, like. However dominant the SEC is in football, baseball is another level. So I feel like that really goes a long way towards Auburn's chances of not only getting into the NCAA tournament, but hosting a regional. Then that puts you in a position to maybe host a super regional. And I just feel like sweeping this weekend goes a long way towards the possibility of Auburn getting back to Omaha for the fourth time. No, for the third time in the last five NCAA tournaments. Yeah, and look at from at the start of the season. I think I forgot what game it was against. It was Indiana or USC, where Drew Nelson got thrown in the start, and he just got lit up all over the place. And then he goes in on Sunday. He wasn't the starter. It was Herbert Holes who started, but mm-hmm. Drew Nelson walks in. Two innings, two hits, no runs. I mean, and he got he earned the win on Sunday. The uh, amount yeah. of uh, <laughs> the amount this pitching staff has improved over the past four weeks is anything short of astonishing. Because I got to be honest, go. I think going into South Carolina, I thought it was bleak. It was all bleak. Did not expect a single win from South Carolina. Going to LSU, surprised that we got two games. Going to South, LSU, thought the same thing. No way we win a game. We got. We prayed for our two our two wins at South Carolina. 
We got them. This is it. And then they took two against LSU. Then you go into Ole Miss. Ole Miss has had a bit of a slump a year compared to winning the national championship. Go in, 37 runs, sweep. And now you've got to worry about Jacksonville State midweek and Missouri to end off the regular season going to SC Tournament in Hoover. But holy crap. I cannot stress it enough. I, I got to know what Butch Thompson said to, to this team because I, I need it every day in my life because this team has gone in against all odds and has just done the unthinkable to teams. So what do you think their, their thought process should be and should they get hot-headed going into this final week? Because Jacksonville State is no team you should sleep on. No, you don't want to sleep on Jacksonville State. Um, there's not a bad Division One baseball program in the state of Alabama. Um, they're all very, very solid. So this is a team that could beat you. So you don't want to mess around. You want to take care of business. Same thing this weekend against Missouri. This is not a time to lose a series against a team at home that you should beat. Um, these are two games that are very, very winnable. And then you need to take that mentality into the SEC tournament, do what you do, win two games. And I feel like you put yourself in a really solid spot. Yeah, and as baseball gets ready to prepare for a Gamecock, we get to talk about Auburn softball losing <laughs> to said Gamecocks. Uh, well, not said Gamecocks, yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the ones from South Carolina. In a game that ended, I'm trying to pull it up, 3-2, to two, where – Maddie Penta, Shelby Lowe held South Carolina to only one run until the seventh inning, where I think when me and Tar talk about it, you should have probably put Maddie Penta in the seventh inning. And it probably would have helped. She locked it down in the last game against uh, Ole Miss, but you kept Shelby Lowe in. She was your hottest hand. Hadn't given up a run all game. Can't really blame him for keeping Shelby in, but then again, I mean, I, Auburn just could not hit the broad side of a barn with a softball yesterday, uh, or sat, Saturday as uh, Friday. Sorry, the days are all messed up and wonky. But yeah, I just Auburn could not hit nothing. Got six hits and two runs. Uh, I'm trying to figure out who got all got left on base, but Auburn just could not get it done. Yeah, um, it's one of those days when the bats just didn't really show up. And that's happened to this team periodically this season. So they've put themselves in a really good spot to host a regional. Um, but if they just have one of those times when the bats just don't show up and the offense goes completely quiet, it's going to be a short run in the tournament. So you've got to find a way to make sure every unit of the team shows up and is able to take care of business or the season's going to go up in smoke. Yeah, and you look at the, the stats, nine players were left on base for the South yeah. Carolina game, and that does not help, especially when you let Donnie Goborn get in for South Carolina. And with the, the moxie that she carries is very, very contagious. Uh, she's such a fun pitcher to watch, and i got to be honest, I was rooting for South Carolina to win it all if Auburn couldn't. Uh, but sadly, Tennessee won. Uh, but to get into some better news, uh, you talk about – Auburn, good opportunity to host a regional. Uh, we might find out tomorrow. Uh, we're pretty sure. I think we're pretty much like all on board that they are going to host a regional. But tomorrow we get to find out if that is indeed factual. And, you know, maybe, hopefully, super regional as well. Uh, fingers crossed for that as well. Uh, and get some 
better news. Maddie Penta got the clean sweep of Auburn Awards, SEC Pitcher of the Year. First team All-SEC and the SEC All-Defensive Team. What a season for Maddie Penta. It, she is the best pitcher in the country. Knock on wood. Uh, if she didn't get that award too. Uh, but, yeah. So, what what was your thoughts on just Maddie Penta's season in general? Just be as much of a sunshine pumper as possible. She's an ace. Um, there aren't many pitchers like that. And this has already been perhaps the best season in Auburn program history. I think statistics back that up. So if she could get the National Pitcher of the Year award, forget about it. Amazing season, and I don't think it'll be topped anytime soon. <laughs> Y'all get through. She had an ERA of 1.1, win-loss record of 25-5, and five, and in 203 innings pitched, she only gave up 106 hits, 38 runs, 287 strikeouts for Maddie Penta. And it, season's not over yet. Season's not done yet. And nope. <laughs> it can only expect more to come for Maddie Penta going into this season. And she still has, I think, one year of eligibility left. Maybe two. Yeah. COVID year, right? So you might get to see two more years. Two more years of Maddie Penta locking it down from the Pentagon. And lastly, Neil Peralta and Denver Bryant both got all SEC's second team. Great for them. Uh, Neil Peralta had a great season uh, start, uh, as the leadoff batter. And when Denver Bryant got back healthy, she was just killing it. Uh, I think she had two or three walk-offs for the Tigers. And I think after that, Rose Roach and Isis Trasvik got all SEC tournament team. So all around, Auburn is a very decorated team going into Selection Sunday tomorrow. Keep an eye on that. Auburn should be hosting a regional, so make sure to get your tickets. Pack out J&B. And it'll be a very fun couple of weeks for softball. Well, that being said, Daniel, go ahead and tell everybody where they can love you, find you, and support you. You can check out all my written work at the Auburn Wire or the Auburn Plainsman, and you can check me out on Twitter at Daniel J. Lock. And I'm Dylan Lark at you boy the tank on Twitter. Go check me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday with Lance Daw and Wednesdays with Andrew Stefaniak. And you guys also catch me here every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Make sure to go follow the College Loop here on YouTube or on Spotify as well. Make sure you also rate those as well. So if you want to listen to us, you got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Social media, you got us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. But again, sadly, no MySpace. No MySpace. But 1,000 subs, again, you get a MySpace. So get us there quick. My TikTok dance is on the way. Still trying to figure it out. And Tar's not been on my case about it, so I'm holding off as long as possible. But with all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>